This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's unbelievable the welcoming committee you guys have here. Hey, so how's your fiber intake? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. A high fly to deep center field. Crone has put one on the board. Five at bats. Five bullets. And it's three to one. Driven to right field and deep. Sano launches one and we go. are tied. There you go. And there's the strength and power that he possesses. That's got to feel good for the big man. A high fly to center field. A majestic blast and that is gone. Sano with another long home run. And the Twins get the first lead. Got to get back to Bombas here. Got a, uh, it's Bomba Soda, land of 10,000 rakes, home of the Bomba Squad. That's right. And I'm sick of all this uh, June swoon crap. So starting tonight, Twins get back in the uh, get back in the Bomba box score is what I'm telling them. Are you panicking yet? Talk from me. Are you panicking? Because it's baseball. You never know what's going to happen to baseball. Well, we actually, it's funny. Welcome back, Judd. Uh, uh, Mackie Thank and you. Judd with Rami back at full strength. And we actually started the show yesterday going over what is, like, what is panic worthy? Is this... Is this panic worthy where they lose? Is it five of eight that they've lost? Yes. But they haven't lost three in a row all season. Correct. Uh, and I think we both decided, and Derek Wetmore joined us for the first segment yesterday, that it's not even close to panic are, worthy. But if you want to like start the show in panic. Are we aware that up until they won against the Yankees in the Bronx on Sunday, the Houston Astros, one of baseball's best teams, had lost seven consecutive games? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah there's a but, long I mean, how, list. How many times have we talked about this? This is just the ebbs and flows of baseball. But we tried to, what we did was we tried to put ourselves, uh, each of us, in your shoes because you were absent yesterday. And we said, well, <laughs> we can't all just agree that there's nothing to panic about. Someone has to but put their, themselves in Judd's shoes. We mischaracterized Judd because he's not at all panicked. No. No, I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm nervous about certain players, but they've got a lot of guys out, right? They're all going to come back. No, no one is uh, gravely injured at this point. Your lineup's going to be restacked here. Your offense has proven it can hit. There are pitching concerns, but those concerns were, were concerns we talked about a month ago. And it's baseball. Guess what? At some point in time, I got news for you. Twins are going to lose three straight. Before it's over, they they're going to lose. They, they might lose five. Straight. They might lose five. They might lose seven straight. The Astros did it. And they, it, there Why was, are you guys so negative. Sorry, I can't. Was I, it Rami's Cubs team from panic. 2016 that we said yesterday? One of the teams we had a long list of World Series winning teams that went through swoons and actual slumps. No, it was. No, I'm sorry, it was the Astros from two years ago. They were like below 500 for a two month stretch into September. Mm-hmm. They just were like a below 500 team from now until September or whatever, like July 15th until September 13th or something. And they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. So, like, are we, are we, here's my question. Are we as emotionally scarred as we are in this town as sports fans? Are we able to withstand an actual swoon, an actual slump where they might go a month and they play four games below 500? What happens when we see that? When what? it's like August 4th and oh my God, they've played below 500 for six weeks. Are we going to be able to? Let me ask you, ourselves. ask you guys a question off that point, because I think we are so now colored by what we see, especially on Twitter. But Twitter is always, oh, my God, sky is falling. Like, it, it's either that or it's back off the twins. They're going to be fine. But Twitter is also like people always say you can't judge. You can't judge this off Twitter. Yeah, but like Twitter is people's but raw was, instincts and emotions. But that was going to be my question is, is do we get the middle ground person on Twitter who says, as you've said, Phil, a thousand times, and Patrick said the exact same thing. It's baseball. If the Vikings drop three consecutive games, guess what? It's a problem. It's the NFL season. You only play 16. Sure. Yeah. But in baseball, you're going to get guys hurt. They're going to come back. Players and especially pitchers who undergo enormous changes, like Martin Perez, might regress and they might not come back. I don't know. But that's putting up with baseball. 
and and Twitter is probably uh, among things that we break down in that forum sports wise. Baseball's probably the worst one because you're so prone on a daily basis to be like, okay, they're back now, they're not. But it's a 162 game season, and if you act like that, if th- think about this, if the Twins actually got upset and were like, oh man, it's all falling apart, we lost five of eight, they would never do that. No, no, they never would. You can't, right? If you're any good, right? No, but fan, I mean. I, I always say, I'm not going to tell you how to experience sports. It's entertainment. We all consume entertainment however we want to consume it. And how you consume it really doesn't affect me. So I don't follow, I don't ride the roller coaster of a baseball season. But if as a fan you want to do that, go right ahead. You have that luxury of doing that because you don't have to go out onto that field and maintain some sort of level-headedness, not getting too high with the high or getting too low with the lows. But, Phil, when you say that Twitter... We, we try to dismiss Twitter, but it is people's true and raw opinions and feelings. Yes, that's true. But at the same time, what are, as a human race, psychologically speaking right now, what are the greatest emotions or thoughts that motivate us to action? What, what does that more than anything else? Everybody? Panic. Yeah. Fear. Fear, fear is number, fear is number, <laughs> fear is number one. Fear is number one. I a- like where you're going with Anger this. is number two. That that's what, what co- are you talking about? That's what causes us to speak up. That's what makes somebody type out a tweet and click tweet. That you don't do that when you're happy. You don't ask for the manager at a restaurant because your waiter was that good. You know what I mean? So people aren't going to get on Twitter and go, guys, isn't everything great for the Twins today? Okay, so I here- know we lost, but guys, isn't this just a great season? So here's another question then, because I could honestly, we're on from 4 o'clock until 6 o'clock, live every single day. Score North, scorenorth.com, score North mobile app, download, download, download. It's free. And I could literally spend two hours every single day just reading negative and fear-based tweets from Twins fans and responding to them. I'm not saying that would be a, a great two hours, <laughs> but like, so this is from, this is from Dan. Okay. This is, um, Dan Svobodny on Twitter. Dan is clearly an emotionally scarred twins fan. Mm-hmm. And he responded to uh, some string here and said he, uh, twins fans have every reason to be wary about the long haul. No confidence that the right moves will be made, and it's a long season full of catastrophe around every single corner <laughs> while other clubs creep up. And I said, Dan, Dan, you have no confidence. You're saying you have no confidence in a new front office, by the way. These are a lot of this is a lot of baggage from the past. Okay. Like Dan Absolutely. Dan bought his twins luggage fifteen years ago, and yeah. he's still carrying that same luggage, okay? Yeah. Or probably more like ten years ago. Dan bought that twins luggage in like two thousand nine. And uh, and he's still carrying it, okay? So wait, it's a new front office. You have no confidence in a new front office that just that put together this monster team. And so I use the word monster, okay? And I get that I'm doing a Twitter segment right now, but I use the word monster team. And immediately, a bunch of other people reply with, "Whoa, dude, pump the brakes, monster team!" Did you tell them we've cut pump the, brakes? the brakes? I said, "Rami has us cutting the brakes. The Bomba bus I'm trying is to repair them. driving downhill. <laughs> I'm below the bus right now, trying to get the brake pads okay. back in." This team leads the major leagues in home runs and is on pace to shatter the major league home run record, even with a little bit of a down spell. Yeah. How would you classify if it wasn't the Twins, okay? If it was not the Minnesota Twins, and you weren't wrapped up in, oh my God, they might blow the division lead. It's down to eight games. And it was the Yankees instead. And you said the Yankees are leading the major leagues in home runs and are on pace to break the major league record in home runs. That's a monster lineup. Would you fight me on that? No. They've built a monster team. Absolutely. So I guess my my grand point here is enjoy the season. I I know Rami's not going to tell you how to be a fan. I will. Well, enjoy the season. And the only way, the only way that I would actually uh, panic about the team. Now, there are certain players I'm concerned about, and I think that's fair. But the only way that I would panic about the team, you got to go into at least a month slide, at least a month's slide. And the other, but here, okay, I brought this up on Twins Daily this afternoon, and it's one of my greatest frustrations so far because every time I tweet this or talk about it, I get pushback, and it's absolutely 100% true. People now are saying, well, Cleveland, here comes Cleveland. Here comes Cleveland. Have you looked at their schedule of late? They just beat the crap out of the Detroit Tigers. Okay? Me and Stella the dog could go to Detroit now and win two of three there by ourselves. They're what awful. What position does Stella play? Well, outfield? now, no, she shifts a lot. Oh, okay. And good speed because a small dog. That's why I thought outfield. So maybe. she can really shift. 
The get on base. Yeah. Oh, she's an on base machine. But I keep saying this. The Twins, to their credit, have taken advantage, and they're a good team. They are a very good team. They've taken advantage of what Cleveland is doing right now, which is now I know they just split against KC, and the Royals aren't good. But what have the Twins done? They've done a really good job of beating up on most of the teams that they should beat up on. And the fact that there is only a handful of American League teams that are really good makes this a very favorable year for teams like the Twins. And Cleveland's doing the same thing now because Cleveland looked like a dumpster fire for a while, and they're really not. They're not great, but they're not a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, but the they, Amer- they, may, they may actually put themselves in a non-seller Absolutely. position right now, which is a whole other thing. I agree thing. completely. Like Trevor Bauer might not be and on the table anymore. Brad Hand as well. But these teams, like the Twins, have taken an advantageous situation, which is a lot of teams in this league aren't good, mm-hmm. and they beat up on the, those teams. And every time I tweet that, I get, why do you have to quantify it? Because it's just the truth. This is not trying to sell the Twins short. Good for them. They beat the crap out of a lot of pitching that they should. And that's a good thing. But let's also not pretend like every team is the Yankees, because they're, they're not. No fault there, but it is just frustrating every time I do this to get the pushback of, why do you have to quantify Because you have to quantify it, because that's the way this year is going. I have no problem with that. It's not an insult. It's the truth. Our poll just went final from yesterday that we put up right around this time. The, pan- the panic poll. The Mackie and Judd with Rami show. I like to, how I got included on To this. what degree are you worried about the twin season? Uh, Judd level panic got 10%. <laughs> 10%? You're a little like roving gang of panic <laughs> twins fans. Yep. Just a bunch of, bunch of roving. I've got my band. I've got my band of followers, the Judd followers. 5% say time to be sellers. 53% optimistic, but not getting too optimistic. They'll lose in the ALDS. And 32% say still on track for the World Series. 770 votes. Those right. are your final results. All right. So so one one third of people are still all aboard the bomb. And bus, 85% is, of people still have them playing October baseball. If you would have, if that answer would have been instead of losing the ALDS, if it was specifically lose Yankees. to the Yankees, oh, the yeah. ALDS, it would have been even higher than fifty. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Some of those World Series people would have been like, ah, oh, yeah, actually, you're right. They're gonna get, they're gonna get beat by the Yankees. It's fine. Um, the Twins did make another move today, looking to bolster that bullpen. That's right. I had to look this guy up, Carlos Torres. So he's like thirty-seven. You know, he turns thirty-seven later on this year. He's <laughs> almost my age. And and so another minor league contract. So Cody Allen, they brought in. Who was the other guy? They brought in somebody else too. Ian. Ian something uh, from the Reds. Hold Naga. On. Wait, guys, hold on. if we don't Naga. know his name, Wait. we probably don't need to. Naga, not going to pitch here. Hold on a That's second. a general rule I live by in the <laughs> no, world of no, sports. No, no, I put it in the prep show notes, so it, it, it's there because they signed him. They signed him first, and what's interesting is most of these guys they're actually signing to the Rochester deal. So like the big yeah. league team is not announcing them. But yeah, yes, they've gone at least three, if not four, deep on hey, veteran pitchers. But Carlos Torres, who is uh, like I said, about to turn thirty-seven years old, had a two point oh three ERA, a two point oh three ERA in twenty outings in AAA, and then he got called up to the major leagues and uh, had a seven fifty ERA, had a six fifty ERA last year in Washington. Rami saw him pitch for his uh, Milwaukee Brewers in two thousand seven. I thought the name was familiar. <laughs> in two thousand seventeen, four and a half ERA in the National you know League what? with no strikeouts. Come to think of it. He may not be a great pitcher, but <laughs> no, I, I can confirm. Nope. But from what, <laughs> think of it. From what I remember, thanks for the great clubhouse presence. No, I think he's a really good radio interview. Okay, I think he has no, maybe maybe aspirations to do what we do. This after like he Hector, retires, Hector Santiago all over yeah, again. Is this, a, is this think, a guy who's going to call in when times are good and then not answer the phone when times are bad? I think has takes. I think has hot takes on things. Like we'll actually give you first. we'll actually give you opinions. We should maybe try and get Carlos Torres on the show. Okay. Yeah, we uh You don't have to be a very good athlete to be a good radio guest. By the way, Ian Kroll, just to be clear on the Ian name, Kroll? From the he had been with the Reds. Okay. Cody Allen, Carlos Torres, Ian Kroll are the three names. How do you judge uh since uh, you weren't on the show yesterday, how do you feel about the dive into the the guys who've been recently DFA'd in this string of signings that they've made, minor I, league contracts. I like it to Derek uh, spending a lot of time at the local Goodwill, and he's going through things, and he's like, Fernando Rodney, I've tried this before. This one, this is not, not going to work for me. Hey, look, it's a Carlos Torres. Oh, yeah, $3, let's buy that. Ian Kroll, that's only one fifty. So it's like a used Save Ferris shirt Teams or something. Teams are dropping these guys off, and they're, they're like, yeah, just take that. I don't want it. 
and then their twins are are picking them up. Now the key is, are these guys that the twins they think they can turn around and have success with, and if they don't, that's fine. It's no loss. Or is this really any part of the plan? Because I don't foresee this as being my plan, which is I'd like to get one bullpen arm of a fairly significant name where I'm like, that's a good pickup. Right now, I see what they're doing. And listen, they've had success, right? So if you could turn a guy around, that's fine. But this is not the Judd plan of if you're going to try and win a World Series, I'd really like you to trade some prospects for a bullpen arm that we all know is going to step in and help you. Yeah, there is... Difference there. You can go the bargain bin route. You can go and get Airbud Four out of the the DVD bin at Walmart if you want, and it's it's worked for them to Wait, this point. One of the great underrated sports movies, Airbud right? Four, for sure. Great it, franchise. How did they get to four Airbuds worth all six dollars I spent? Is there Whoa, a DVD Wait, bargain? Is there an Airbud Four? I think there is an Airbud Four. Is I think, it the same dog? Uh, doubtful, based on the <laughs> lifespan of dogs. No, I mean, but, like, in the movie, is it the oh, same? Yeah, is it yeah. Like, I think, Airbud's like, not again. I can't do a fourth yeah, they, one. Like, like, James Bond isn't 90 now. I mean, they, you know, I think Airbud is... I think in Airbud 4, he uh, takes up football, guys. I think he becomes a two-sport star. If I'm, not, the, if I'm not mistaken, what are all the sports? I've got the that, plot here for you. If you guys oh, you want do. It. We yeah, have yes, the Airbud four plot. I pulled up the Wikipedia plot. It's called Airbud Seventh Inning Fetch. <laughs> oh, baseball! Whoa. I'm sorry, that's a great baseball. movie title. <laughs> that's outstanding. <laughs> seventh Inning Fetch. That's as good a movie title as other titles that is I've heard terrific. of other you know, genres. You know what happened? They got done with Airbuds one, two, and three, and <laughs> and someone said, "Wait, wait! I know the franchise is over, but I." <laughs> But what if we what if we called it seventh inning fetch? Oh God! You guys, someone's got to put together a script. The studio for this. was like, yeah. "Let's make this happen." The cover of the cover of this movie has Airbud with a baseball bat in its mouth, and there's a raccoon holding a baseball on the cover. I don't understand where the raccoon. Comes that is from. great. So you it must have been. Plot? I want the plot. Okay. It must have been Airbud three then, though, where he played football. I'll look it up okay. after this. <laughs> so just to be clear, Carlos Torres is Airbud four. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's going to join For us sure. on our show real soon. <laughs> yeah. Love to go out with those guys, Airbud, huh? As a matter of fact, we should give him a nickname: Seventh Inning Fetch. Wow. That's what we should call Carlos Torres from now on. So the plot is listed by. Uh, Wikipedia, Josh is off to his first year of college, and Buddy has stayed behind with Josh's little sister, Andrea, and the rest of the family. Jackie and Patrick have recently welcomed Josh and Andrea's half-brother, Noah. Andrea attempting Wait, to fit in. What? Hold on. There's some know. scandalous I'm, stuff I'm, happening I'm putting, here. I'm shutting my mic off right now before I, I don't know say what comes to here. my mind. Is there some adultery going on? How do they Must end up be. with a half-brother? I don't know. Andrea, attempting to fit in with her junior high classmates, decides to join the baseball team. Along the way, she discovers that Buddy also has the uncanny ability to play baseball. Just as the season is settling in, a terrible discovery is made. Buddy's puppies have mysteriously started disappearing with the help of the kidnapper's little helper, Rocky Raccoon. It turns out the kidnappers were er, were researchers who were dog-napping the puppies because they thought they had a special gene that would enable them to play sports. Buddy must find them and make it to the major leagues as he goes to bat for the Anaheim Angels. The Angels? I can't stop this. I honestly got gear to call me it finally happened. <laughs> just you got do too it. creative with the button bar. <laughs> just do what I do with my dog. Yell at it. Just yell at the button bar. Like, no, you stop that. Yeah. No. Hey, hey, not now. Not today. <laughs> that is outstanding. So that's Airbud? That's Airbud 4? Wow. I'm surprised the twins don't sign him to the bullpen. Send him to Rochester. Just give it a second. See what happens. Yeah. You well, stop it? I'm for all these Airbud 4s. <laughs> you got stopped? I, I don't know. Pot it up. Is it still going? It's potted up, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Listen, I'm all for Airbud 4, Airbud 5. Go oh. get two more Carlos Torreses, but don't let it stop you from making an actual <laughs> I, trade in like three weeks. I was mistaken. Airbud 3 was uh, soccer. It was yeah. Airbud World Pup. <laughs> 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 okay, so he's played football, baseball. Football is the second one. Football Air is part Golden two. receiver. Outstanding. Golden receiver. Oh, Outstanding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> then whoever, the fifth, the fifth one is volleyball. Airbud spikes back. That is so oh, good. Who's gonna play hockey? Come on. There's Air Buddies, which I guess is uh, his <laughs> offspring. It's a it's a litter of. Uh, Puppy athletes. There's uh, Santa buddies. 
I don't You're going to find something is. you don't mean to read. And s- <laughs> You're going down a slippery slope, Ronnie. Snow Buddies. Yep. Another <laughs> in the Airbud franchise. Keep going. <laughs> That's all I got for you. You want Spooky Buddies? They got Spooky Buddies. Spooky Buddies? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. We need an Airbud 5. I like that you're pouring too much. <laughs> no, he said there is an Airbud 5. That's the volleyball one. Oh. Yeah. oh wait. Oh there's, oh, there's six or four. Airbud spikes back. There's, there's five, there's and, five. Okay. and then there are spinoffs of the buddies. Are we still making them? His or are offspring. We done? I, it looks like. Let me see when the most recent. I think the Snow Buddies is the most recent one. No, that can't be. That no, was Super in, Buddies is the most recent. Super one. Buddies. Yeah. Okay. When what? What's the year on that? 2013. Okay. <laughs> so they're probably done making them unless somebody comes up with another great title. <laughs> Can that was it? that was your twins bullpen update <laughs> on Mackie and Jeff and Ronnie on the all news score north and score north mobile. Oh man. We'll get Roy Smalley in here next and ask him what his favorite Airbud movie is. Right after we talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. And you know what? You know what's gonna help you from backing over Airbud in the driveway? Reverse cam. <laughs> Reverse cam and all the safety features features <laughs> on a brand new 2019 Toyota. They've got all kinds of RAV4s on the lot. I got one a few weeks ago. The process was easy. Went in and said, hey, I need a new car. Can you help me? And they said, no, sir, get the hell out of here. No, they said, we'll, we'll, you can test drive whatever you want. You can uh, whittle down your choices, and then we'll go through all of the technology, all the safety features, and all the paperwork handled on the spot, bing, bang, boom, and I'm not going to be running over Airbud in uh, in driveways because I've got safety features galore and technology galore inside this brand new RAV4 XLE Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Let freedom run this Independence Day at Red at the Red, White, and Boom TC Half Marathon Relay and 5K in Minneapolis on July 4th. Enjoy hot dogs, all-American pops, and a free sum of beer. For sign-up information, visit scorenorth.com. Keyword boom, and while you're at the at the Score North website, check out our new podcast series. It's called Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's where we go back and do deep dives into some of the most prominent sport, or prominent moments in Minnesota sports history. Right now, you can find episodes on Twins Tigers Game 163, Twins A's from the 2002 playoffs, and Kevin Love's 30 and 30 game. It's called Minnesota Sports Rewind, and it's on ScoreNorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. In this portion. Of Mackie and Judd is brought to you by Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. And joining us now, as he does every Tuesday at this time, former twin, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast. Pleasure to welcome in, as always, Roy Smalley. Roy, how are you? I'm really well. You know, whenever the weather heats up, you know, so do I. So that's great. Wow. So not worried at all <laughs> about the twins in a with lather. The, the the Indians right there in the rear view, all all but seven and a half games behind Roy. Oh sure, yeah. Well, I'm I'm more worried about Rami though. Than worrying about the the brakes coming off on that downhill run. <laughs> Amen, no, Roy Smalley. No, Roy. Amen. When, when I cut the brakes, I knew there were rough roads ahead. I knew it wouldn't be completely smooth all season. <laughs> we were going to have to white knuckle it. But I'm not worried at all. The brakes are still Roy, cut. Roy, do you ever drive? Okay. Do, you ever, do you ever drive around the mountains in uh, on the West Coast? And there's like those switchbacks. And right. for, for runaway semi trucks, they've got those sand beds that you basically just drive into. <laughs> yeah, it's possible Rami's going to need one of those come September. But I don't think I'm going to need it anytime soon, bro. I still feel really, really good about this team. You know, I do too. I it was it, there has to be some reversion to the mean, and um, the the pace that they were on uh, at, at both on the mound and at the play was. You know, probably not um, not be going to be uh, able to uh, be continued. But um, you know, uh, but even for that, I think what they did was real. I think it's real talent, and uh, it was uh, real planful. And so I think they'll 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 be fine. They'll get, they'll get it rolling again, and they'll and they'll be fine. So Roy, you have what five defeats for the Twins in the past eight games? I think the most telling thing to me about this stretch, though, is very simple. Byron Buxton is a difference maker and a nightmare. And when Byron Buxton's not out there in the outfield and also on the base paths, it makes a difference. And I know he bats ninth, and I know there are times, certainly in the past, where he struggled. But Byron Buxton is a absolutely key integral uh, component of the 2019 Twins. I, I 
think that's absolutely true. And, and when you have uh, someone, when you have a, a, a good hitting lineup to begin with, and then you have uh, such an event batting ninth, um, it's, it really is, uh, it's important. He's been a big, big part of, of this offense. He's driven in a lot of big runs. He's hitting 302 or something with runners in scoring position. Most all of his runs and all of his RBIs have come when, um, you know, when in big situations like that. So, um, I, I think he is, and that's not even talking about his his defense. So yeah, he's a game changer. There's no question about it. He, uh, very few ninth place hitters can be the game changer that Byron is. Yeah. Hey Roy, what is the difference between just a standard baseball stretch where you don't win a bunch of games? Because we actually yesterday we went through a bunch of World Series winning teams that had horrible stretches in the middle of the season where they would lose eight of ten or they would play under five hundred for two months. And then they would come out of it in September. So the Twins are are in the middle of a blank stretch for you right now. Oh, you know it's impossible to say because the the offense could get it roaring, uh, you know, tonight for another t- for the next ten games, or uh, we could get uh, Gibson and um, Odorizzi uh, throw uh, a couple of gems, and then they're right back on on track. You just you just don't know, but. Here's what I think we have to we have to keep in mind with with this club. We're not really sure, except for, and this is why I think it was important to get those guys that did in the off season, except for those guys, Cruz, Marvin Gonzalez, Scope, uh, C.J. Crone, um, veteran guys who you kind of have a little bit better thought about what their average range of production is going to be. Uh, we're still not quite sure where Kepler is and where Polanco is and where Buxton is in, in, on the range, right? So, I mean, Kepler hit 20, 20 home runs last year. Uh, he's on pace to hit 40 or whatever um, this year. I, I don't know if 40 is the top end of the range for him. Maybe 30 is the top end of the range for him, which means he's going to slow down second half of the season. That's just the way it's going to be. And you can go through each one of these guys and, and say, we don't know for sure yet. We're starting to get a pretty good idea of what their capabilities are because guys from one season to the next will fall somewhere within that range of, of production. More established teams, you can look at the Yankees lineup or the Houston lineup and you say, okay, this guy's going to do this and this guy's going to do this and this guy's going to do that. And we're not quite there yet with the, uh, with the Twins. I think we're starting to get close. But So uh, that's where the reversion to the mean comes in. We don't know what the mean is. We don't know what the average is yet. Uh, all been plussed up um, this year. Uh, all expectations uh, uh, higher uh, for all of these guys. But we don't really know. And so there's going to be some streaks where they come back to earth a little bit. And, and um, the pace that Kepler's on will not be a 40 or 45 home run pace. It'll be a, you know, five more and then all, the rest of the year. And then all of a sudden he'll get hot again and he'll establish who he really is. It's going to go something like that for all these guys. Talking with Roy Smalley as we do every Tuesday here on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Do you think there is something to be said about the benefits of this division tightening up a little bit and, and having something to play for in the second half of the season, Roy? Absolutely, and what the other thing I like about it, frankly, is maybe it helps uh, spur a decision to uh, get some bullpen help or uh, other things that might help the club uh, both uh, this year and uh, for years to you know few years to come. So I don't think there's anything um, inherently awful in um, in the Cleveland Indians gaining three games on in the standings, you know, on them here, and, and it's. It serves as a good reminder that you go out. You have, they have to go out and play the game the way they the way they know how to play it, and the way the way they plan to play it, and and make that plan work. And Roy, this team to, to me is it's not hard to d- deduct what is going to be if you w- want to make a successful playoff run necessary to add, right? Because guys are going to come back offensively. Guys are hurt. This offense is good. I, I think some guys might slump and struggle, but overall, this offense is going to hit. I think ideally you you need one impact bullpen arm. You, you need another bullpen arm that might not be a huge name, but certainly can help. And then ideally a starting pitcher who can slot in behind Barrios. Now I, I don't know if this um, if this administration is going to want to give up what it's going to take to get that. But I think if you seriously w- want to say 
this team enters October with a World Series chance. It's pretty cut and dry that those are the three things you'd like to add. I think that's true for a World Series team. I think that's that's probably right. I don't expect all three of those to show those guys, whoever they are, to show up this year. Um, I think it would take too much, to your point. Uh, so if we're down to a couple of them, uh, or at least one for sure, you guys know where I stand. Since last November, I've been saying closer. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully they'll add an arm that can be, uh, an, if not the guy, at least another one of the options that uh, Rocco Baldelli has to go to in the ninth inning. Did you see the Mickey Calloway stuff this week, Roy? You know, I did. Um, I, just that it happened, I you know, it, it's. I didn't read any of the backstory. The first thing that I thought about when I uh, when I heard that there was that uh, you know verbal you know altercation was that there's there there's some history here between uh, Calloway and this writer yeah. or uh, or Vargas or both. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. But that's that seemed a little bit extreme for uh, uh, a guy if they were buddies (laughs) to say, I'll see you tomorrow and and Callaway go crazy. What's the most mad you ever were at a reporter? Oh, huh. (laughs) Sid, right? (laughs) It had to be Sid, right? Tell us it was Sid. (laughs) Well, it's been Sid for my whole life. But I mean, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, you know, there were. Um, it wasn't a reporter. I think the one that sticks out in my mind was, um, and I won't, I won't mention his name, but there was a, there was a TV um, a sports guy uh, from one of the local channels uh, back in, I think it was '87. Joe Schmidt. And um, <laughs> not saying who it was. And <laughs> it was not Joe. And um, he came in to the Milwaukee clubhouse, and we had lost a tough game in Milwaukee, and it's getting you know later, and we were trying to you know we know we have a chance to win, and and we had lost a tough uh, a tough game, and Gene Larkin had not been up with the ball club very long, and nobody would talk to this guy. Uh, he's trying to get somebody on camera, and nobody would talk to him, so he finally picked on the rookie. Been up, you know, I don't know, a month, maybe not even, and he he kept pestering him to come on and Gino didn't talk to his teammates that much much less with TV cameras and, and and he just didn't want to do it and didn't want to do it and the guy kept pestering and finally I ran the guy out of the clubhouse I you know I said look in fact go pick on somebody your own size don't be don't be coming around here to the rookies you know trying to make your job easier for you nobody's going to talk to you today that's just the way it's going to be you're going to have to understand that and time for you to leave now I, that's probably that's probably the angriest I ever got but I I always felt like you know, there was you could be angry at everybody in the, in the New York media when you play for the Yankees. You could be you just be mad every day. So you just you just kind of live with that. But there are certain things that happen when guys go over the line, and and you just you just want you just need to call that out. Roy, the uh, primaries, as they're calling them, are over in uh, Major League Baseball's all-star voting. And I saw Rocco Baldelli upset at Max Kepler, as he sees it, getting slighted and not one of the top nine outfielders. Do players care about that stuff? Or when you're a deserving all-star who who doesn't get the nod, do you just go, ah, it's a popularity contest, I know what I am? Or does it does it get in these guys' heads? I don't think it gets in their heads, but there's real disappointment. I mean, it, it's it's both of those things. They can say uh, it's a popularity contest, and I understand that going in. Um, but it stings when you feel like you're deserving and you don't and you don't get there. And it, I mean, everybody wants to be on an all-star team. That's a big deal. And when you're having a year, you know, like Max is having, you can't help but say. What the, what the what what do I have to do? You know, I mean, it, um, and and he would be justified in in thinking that I, it won't be in his head. Meaning, you know, he'll he'll try to do you know more than he can do, or he'll powder it. It won't be like that, but it stings. It really does. To go back to Phil's question, Roy, what's the maddest that you saw a teammate, especially if, if it happened to be on the East Coast with a certain team <laughs> that wears pinstripes at a reporter? Because I'm willing oh to God. bet you saw some pretty good stuff in that Yankees clubhouse. Oh, you know, now that is, there's no question. I don't have to think about that one. That, that was absolutely no question. Goose Gossage went off on the whole New York media one time. It was the funniest thing that I've ever seen in my life. I, he, he, I think, as I recall, 
he lost or, or blew saves in both ends of a doubleheader. I, I think that's what happened. He was really, really upset. Billy Martin was the manager, and he wasn't using him using Goose very well. He would bring him in with the eighth inning with the bases loaded and stuff like that. It was just, it was it was kind of weird. And, but anyway, uh, Goose got booed pretty pretty lustily at, at the second game after after you know blowing the second the second game um, uh, uh, blowing the the save um, and. Uh, he's fuming afterwards in the uh, in the clubhouse and throwing stuff around in his locker. He's got his back to the to the rest of the clubhouse, and the whole New York media horde is just is is hovering back at a safe distance. <laughs> and finally, and nobody has the courage to say anything to him. And finally, Murray Chass of the New York Times, who is probably one of the more respected guys. Uh, kind of walked up a couple of steps, and and Goose turned around, and and, and Murray started to say something, and Goose said, uh, "It was something. I, I don't know if I can do it without without the profanity, but it was something to the effect of uh, all you guys, uh, you with your pads of paper and your pencils." He says, "Yeah, I'll give you a quote." Uh, you, you, you know, you what you do, and he's almost crying. He can't even speak. And he said, all these people, all these, these and he, whatever he called the fans in the stands, he said, they read what you, whatever he called those guys, <laughs> what right. Every day they read all that, you know, garbage. And you, this is what I can this is what I can say to you. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all you people, and I, and I don't care what anybody thinks. And you can, yeah, go ahead, write it down. Go ahead, write it down, and take it right upstairs to the fat man, because I don't care anymore. <laughs> the, the fat man, the fat man, of course, was George Steinbrenner. And the greatest thing, the greatest punctuation of that story possible. Because they, of course, they all did write it all down. They all ran right upstairs to George, and they they told him what Goose had said, and George's response was, "Well, I think that's really unfair. I mean, I'm trying. I've lost eight pounds." <laughs> it was it was without a doubt the greatest the greatest mad at the media I've ever ever seen, and and just. A great comic, uh, unintentional un- comic line from George. Yeah. Uh, Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North. Hey, real quick, in uh, in 30 seconds before we let you go, we asked you this a few weeks ago. We want to keep this a theme throughout your appearances. We asked you percentage chance the Twins win the World Series in May, and I believe <laughs> I believe you said 20%. So same question right now on, July 20, on, on June 25th, percent chance the Twins win the World Series. I'm, I'm, right now I'm staying at 20. All right. I, yeah, just staying at 20%. Love it. Love it. Roy Smalley on the Bomba bus with Rami having cut the brakes. <laughs> Judd and I clinging to luggage in the back of the bus. Seatbelts on. Yep. All right, Roy, we'll talk again next week. Keep, keep the faith, boys. Thanks, Roy. Yeah, Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North. Have you guys ever had, well, I know, I know Judd and I have talked about this throughout our years, but Rami, have you ever had a player or a manager or a coach mad about something you said on the radio or confront you in some way? No, not that I can recall. We, we got to change that. At we least gotta, we got to get that to happen. Not that they addressed me about. Okay. No. What's the most upset someone ever was with you, Judd? Oh, probably children. Phys- physical violence. Though? Oh no, no, no. The only the only guy that ever scared me was. I asked, uh, it was after a Vikings-Giants game in the old Meadowlands, and there was a linebacker that played for the Vikings, Keith Newman, if you recall him. Keith Newman. And I yeah. asked him for a breakdown of something that had gone wrong on, like, a touchdown or something. And ordinarily, guys would be like, they'll give you something. And, like, he was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, on this play, there was a touchdown. And he, like, got, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to forget I asked that question and go so away. So he thought you were trying to get him to throw his teammates under the bus or something? I don't know if he thought I was trying to criticize him or his teammates, but it was uncomfortable very quickly, yeah. and let's be clear, it wasn't worth the quote. Like it wasn't that key a play, so I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna duck around <laughs> my, the corner here, my, Keith. My life or the quote? Yeah, that quote's not that important, <laughs> and you guys, uh, that's fine. See you later, Keith. But that that was the one where, like, you, you look at a person's eyes, and you're like, okay, this clearly is not working out yeah. well. I had a moment. I don't think there was physical violence being threatened, but the next step down, maybe. And I can say this because we have a great relationship now, and it's. But Ron Gardenhire and I got into it a couple times toward the end of one of the seasons. It might have been like their second or third ninety loss. Something. It was like a string of ninety loss seasons. And I had the, the clubhouse was sour. It was the end of an era, 
And it was very clear that changes were coming, at, at minimum changes to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And like, I've been covering the team, I've been plugged in, and had a couple guys who were not happy with, with, with what was happening. And in that case, they start to tell you, don't put my name on this, but this, this, and this got to change or whatever, right? And so I, I wrote a big, long piece for, at the time, 1500ESPN.com, kind of detailing some of the cultural things that had gone awry. And, um, and I even reported that the contracts on these coaches were up and likely to not be renewed. And one in particular was thinking about hanging it up anyways. Like it was a pretty detailed report about sure. the changes on the horizon. Yeah. And Gardy, Gardy brings me into his office and he's like popping red mad. He's got, he's just got like veins coming out of his neck. And he's like, try, he's doing the old uh, Tom Hanks in League of Their Own thing where he's like, try not to freak out. Like, Evelyn, <laughs> you've got to hit the cutoff, man, right? He's like, try not to freak out. But I remember him accusing me of like, his whole premise was he thought I was like eavesdropping in on conversations. <laughs> In the clubhouse, or so like he thought I was like eavesdropping in on private conversations. Like, how else would you get this on information? Contractual conversations. Yeah, he's like, how else would you get this information? I was like, I mean, I'm not gonna throw guys under the bus, but people aren't happy. I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> Anonymous sources. Please don't kill me. Gardy right would get so mad though about stuff. He would. He was a good guy, but man, he's very he protective went, of his guys. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He would get very, very bent out of shape uh, fairly quickly if things were. I've going got some right. catching up to do. Who should I? Yeah. Piss I was just saying, who can we get Ronnie in a really, feud with? Who should I really? Well, it depends piss on off. how you do it. Like if you go to a, if you go to the clubhouse or locker room and ask a question about breakdowns or mm-hmm. a guy who didn't do something, that can tick him off. How about something totally random, like? Can we get you into a feud with like Ryan Harper? Just someone completely random. How about how about you it and has Jason to be somebody Castro? You're slightly, uh, but it has to be so, somebody who can intimidate you a little bit. Like my guess is Ryan Harper. Oh, you'd be well, like, that, I you'd mean, be there's like, nobody. That's nah, not going to happen. <laughs> the Callaway stuff, by the way, was great. He is a psychopath. Like that was nuts. And, and that guy really you, did say, "See you tomorrow." The twins had their sights set on him. When Derek Falvey that came over, he was the pitching coach. Yeah. And if, I think he, he had another year left on his contract yes. or something, but the Twins had definite interest in bringing well, him over to the franchise. In his defense, though, keep in mind, and this is where teams in that market screw up, a lot of people aren't meant to work there. Mickey Calloway here might be absolutely fine. Yeah, I have no idea. But Pat Shermer, who has, has not exploded yet, but in no way, shape, or form should be in that market, Calloway... I don't think people get it, but you have, what, two or three tabloids, the New York Times, you've got like six papers, and that's not including all the websites, right? And the constant coverage and second-guessing, that, that's why when, Gar- when Gardy was up for the Red Sox job a few years ago, I wrote something like, no, dude, don't take this job. Like, we're already concerned about your health. Detroit's fine. You're going to lose there, but it's Detroit. <laughs> you're gonna, but you're gonna, Boston? You're get pounded there. It's going to be fine. Boston? You're going to implode in Boston. I love that that uh, his his defense though was, "Hey guys, Billy Martin was worse." Yeah, like oh, really? the allegedly racist, allegedly misogynist, <laughs> alcoholic with an anger problem. That's where you're setting your bar. That's that's where you are right so now. So they they had to call him back to a, a second time yesterday, I believe, to apologize because the first time when they tried to get him to, he hadn't officially apologized. You know what? Like I don't need I don't need an apology. I don't need the word sorry. Like if you're actually sorry, that's cool. Express it. If you're not sorry, that's fine too. Don't right. be sorry. Right. It is. I don't. I don't need you to fake apologize. I think he was trying to get fired. I think he was trying. Unfortunately to get fired for him, it didn't work. Yeah, right. It, it should have worked. That's like you don't get out. He's, he's, he's going to have to stab a reporter to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I find one. Are you happy now? Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and Score North Mobile app. Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North Score North Mobile app as well. Great place for you to find. All of our live, on-demand, and written content. I am uh, currently looking at just a list of Major League Baseball hitting leaders. And we're, we're almost halfway through the season, right? A lot of teams have actually played 80 games. So we're, we're almost exactly halfway through the season. Yeah, Arizona's played 80 games. So you can pretty much double these numbers that I'm about to give you. Most of these players have played the equivalent of a half season. We've got, my God... We have 25 hitters on pace for 40 home runs or more in Major League Baseball right now. 25! One on, basically, an average of one dude per team is going to hit 40 home runs. 
And Christian Yelich is on pace for over 60. He's on pace to break the actual home run record. Right. Roger Maris' home the run record. The legitimate home run record. Yeah, and he might even, like, depending, he might even flirt with, with that 70. He's a little behind the 70, was it 73? What's the yeah, actual record? Yeah, but remember, he heated, up, he heated up last year in the second half. Yeah. So if, 29 home runs. If this season is going to follow last season's pattern, then we haven't seen the best of Christian Yelich. Yeah. So um, the Athletic is wondering what all of us are wondering, which is why do we have so many home runs? Why We've already seen a jump in the last couple of years. Now there's another huge jump. We're going to break shatter more records. So they consulted an astrophysicist to examine why this year's baseballs are different or not. And they found the baseballs are absolutely different in 2019 compared to previous years. I'm going to read you a couple quotes. This is a super long story. If you want the whole thing, it's at it's the so long and so involved. <laughs> I felt like I was back in science Rami told me I couldn't get no. through it. Could not. It's aggressive. Could not. But on Thursday, Commissioner Rob Manfred issued a statement acknowledging, quote, we think it's a drag issue with the baseballs. Okay. They think it's a drag issue. All right, yeah. Meaning of course. the balls are... There's no way to say this without the baseballs are smoother and the laces are not uh, standing as up as much on the baseball. Right. We've been talking about this for two years at least now, but it's more prominent now than even last year and the year even before. 2018. Yes, because this was an issue last year as well. And there's all kinds of juicy quotes with big words from astrophysicists so, in this story, but they did confirm with an astrophysicist the baseball is different. So what this is is the steroid era. But instead of the players being juiced, it's the baseball. This is what baseball wants. Yeah. The leather is smoother. The seams are lower. Mm-hmm. And the ball might even be a little bit smaller, they're saying. So it's a Super Bowl. The ball is rounder. Did you see the pictures of the baseballs in this in this article? Yes. Is it just me, or did baseballs used to be egg-shaped? Like, they were the one all the way on the left, they have a lineup of baseballs in this picture. The one all the way on the left is almost an oval. It's almost not even round. And the one from early 2015? Yes. I think that's I can't tell what if it's I'm the camera about. angle or not, though. It literally looks almost egg shaped. But the baseballs are different. It is confirmed. And baseball's very happy, right? It doesn't say that, but I would okay, think, but I would think that they are. They're not going to come out and say that, but I would. Yeah. I, I'm sure that they spent years saying. 98 was full of cheaters, but man, it was fun. How can we get that back? Yeah. Like, this is technically the baseball. Like, this is technically cheating, too, but it's the league cheating and it's a common denominator, right? The difference is because I'm very anti PED. I don't remember if I said it on the air or off the air, but I said it and you were both shocked. I would, if if there was a way to go back in time and not have the Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire home run race, I would do it because it was all fraudulent. It was all fake. It was phony. It wasn't real. It basically never happened in my world. But the difference between that and this is that everybody's playing on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. It, whereas with steroids and PEDs, when they were so prominent across baseball, you had two choices. I can either take this stuff and do God knows what to my body or be at a disadvantage and maybe even lose my job to the kid in the minors who decided yeah. he wants to use PEDs. Sure. Those were the two choices you had. With the juiced baseball, nobody has an advantage Everybody's well. Batters have an advantage over pitchers, but I just mean across the board. Yeah. Everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah, this it 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 makes baseball more fun to watch. I think, and a lot of there's probably a lot of traditional fans who are who are just apoplectic that now we're going to have skewed record books again, and we're going to have this weird era of a <laughs> baseball that. that was different, right? But but I would think. Most casual fans are more interested in watching Christian Yelich flirt with 60 or 65 home runs. I don't runs. know. I'm starting to now hear people going, there's too many home runs, guys. No. Enough with the home runs. Well, baseball people are, but I don't know that fans are. You mean like I mean like baseball. School? Well, right. But, I, but people within the game, I think, are questioning the where the game is going. But I don't know that fans are. It's I think o- fans like the home runs. It's the only sport that plays gatekeeper to... Records from like 50 or 60 or 100 years ago, right? Can you imagine if you're watching an NFL game and you're like, you better not break YA tittles. (laughs) I think that every Sunday, you see? I think that every single Sunday. I'm like, Sonny Jurgensen's records are sacred, you SOB. No, people are like, oh, that's awesome. The Kansas City Chiefs just put up 50 points on Monday night and almost lost. It was great. It was a shootout, right? But doesn't it make you wonder, like if it takes juicing the baseballs and PEDs, 
in the 21st century and the late 20th century for guys to hit 60-plus home runs. What was going on that allowed Roger Maris to do that? Like, there had to be something. Do you want to open an investigation of even, 1961? I mean, they didn't have the weight rooms that and, and the trainers and the analytics and the biomechanics. that Like, you have every advantage. You think the Babes record was sacred, don't you? You hate Maris because of this. I can't stand the guy. Cannot stand Roger Maris for breaking Babes' Let's open record. an investigation of that Roger Maris in 1961. Maybe Roger Maris was the godfather of lunging. But it, it does make me wonder that. <laughs> because it seems like you he can't. Mantle. And with all the technology and science that these guys have in their favor You'll now, it almost seems like you can't hit sixty plus home runs You're today. Play the Twilight Zone now. You can't bring this up without the hell the was going on in what year was it? Sixty nine. That sixty one. Sixty one. Yeah, it's nineteen sixty one. What was going on? How did how how did that even happen? How was that even possible? Let's go. Let's investigate. Am I, I crazy? Am I the only Roger's one who's dead? But this? let's investigate this. Am I the only one who's thought this? Um, no, I think in nineteen sixty one, lots of people did. I mean. I think were the balls juiced that year, but guys were hitting like Babe Ruth hit it somewhere in the fifties. So it was like seventy three was seventy to seventy three was a, a ridiculous spike right. that's that goes beyond like oh, like Babe Ruth went to fifty five, went to sixty, and then Maris went to sixty one. Let's let's we got to take a break here. I mean, Rami went out. If you want to do an hour right. on baseball? I didn't, sorry, I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's sixty one season. I got questions about sixty eight. Thought too. just crossed my head. I'm sorry. Uh, when we come back, gentlemen, some reckless Timberwolves speculation oh. for you. That was kind of a kind of a wolves howl there. <laughs> that's oh. just a curious. Oh, let's talk about TCL TVs for a moment here. America's fastest growing TV brand, TCL is the best combination of picture quality, entertainment options, and price. Three very important things. For uh, a much lower price than a lot of other bloated TVs around the market, you're going to get 5,000-plus streaming channels. You're going to get access to over 500,000 TV show episodes and movies. This is the best way to watch all your favorite content, whether you stream it, pay for a cable or satellite subscription, or use the built-in tuner to enjoy free over-the-air channels. The TCL Roku TV makes it easy to enjoy everything. So even if you're a baseball conspiracy theorist, you can probably find some old school videos on the MLB uh, streaming channel through your Roku device. You can go back and investigate those questionable seasons back in 1998, back in 1960-61, whenever the heck that was. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL Studios, America's fastest growing TV brand.